hands off to Jonathan oh. Taylor. Here's Hall. He's at the 30. He's going to go. 10, 5, touchdown. Jonathan Taylor made a man miss the line of scrimmage and then runs it into Painter. The one-handed INT. Are you kidding me? Kenny Moore. What a play by Naheem Hines. What's going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of the Bring the Juice Colts podcast. Your guys, Cody Felger, Derek Larger here again for you guys. Thank you, everybody who's tuning in, who listens to us. Really appreciate all your support. And with that, guys, we are wrapping up our series, looking at all the position groups with the Indianapolis Colts. We've talked about all the offense, all the defense, and a decent amount of depth here. And so, we thought we'd finish it off by talking about the Indianapolis Colts special teams and pretty good group, honestly, last year, Derek, all things considered. I feel like there's a lot of guys that are that are really, really uh, ascending players here in this group. It's going to be a little bit of a shorter episode as opposed to some of the other ones that we do, we've done because there's only a few players to talk about. Um, and so we can just start here. We'll start with the kicker, right? We'll start with Mr. Hot Rod himself, Rodrigo Blankenship. Thought all in all, he had a, a really solid rookie year. I know there's been some people who have said, you know, some different things about Hot Rod and, and you know, his consistency from deep, which I think is a very real thing. But uh, overall, man, as a rookie, breaking the Colts scoring record, <laughs> that's not a, a bad feat for a rookie. What are, you, what are your thoughts on Blankenship here? Yeah, I mean, Blankenship, all things considered, you know, was very electric. A lot of great things happened there. And you know, also some some learning mistakes, you know. I mean, that's a good thing for a young guy to, to experience a few of those mistakes. So, you know, he can learn from it, you know, be able to learn into going into this training camp, knowing that it's his job to actually lose this time and to be able to try even harder and fix the things that he missed. But all things considered for a rookie kicker that shows a lot of potential, this guy really did show a lot of potential this last year and obviously made one of the bigger kicks of the season for us in that Green Bay game. So you know he has that clutch gene in him. So mm -hmm. looking forward to seeing what Blankenship can do, man. Open to see a little bit more accuracy on the on the PATs, and you know hopefully he doesn't stick his foot into the ground too many more times when he's kicking a football uh, on field goals this time around. Yeah, right. Well, overall, I thought it was a pretty good year. He was 32 of 37 on field goals. He was 43 or 45 on extra points. Yeah, the big one that people always point to is his 50 plus. He was only one for three on those. Mm -hmm. So that's obviously something that he's going to need to clean up this you know coming season and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But I think all in all, um, he he showed a lot of promise for a rookie kicker, especially an undrafted rookie kicker mm -hmm. coming in and really having not a whole lot. Like we talk about this with all the rookies, not having a whole lot of an offseason, honestly, coming yeah. in and beating out a guy that we honestly were really impressed with the season before and Chase McLaughlin. I mean, I think that kind of tells you how good this guy can be and mm -hmm. had a pretty solid rookie season. Obviously, you know, there are things to clean up. The Colts want to continue to push him in competition. That's why they brought in Eddie Pinheiro. So I think Blankenship really has a great chance to even be a better kicker, beat one of the top kickers in terms of accuracy this season, even from 50-plus. I know there's been some people who have been saying, like, does he not have the, the leg? And – I just kind of laugh at that because like that's something that like he was known for was that powerful leg coming out of Georgia. And 
it's not like he couldn't make it. It's not like his kicks weren't there, right? right. A lot of times they were to the left or to the right, right? They weren't. The, so I don't think power is the issue. I think it was more of just a mental thing or just an accuracy thing a little bit. So, yeah, I mean, Blankenship definitely is a guy that I think has all the power in the world. And even at uh, the Colts minicamp, they had the OTAs. He was nailing them from 50-plus. So I don't yeah. think that's an issue. I think it's more of just a mental thing with him. And if he can be more consistent from 50-plus, I mean, I think there's really no flaws in his game after that. Right. Yeah, I mean, even in the Packers game. The Packers game, when he missed that first field goal that was 51 yards, I mean, he said – like the accuracy of it was great. It was just a little short because he stuck his foot into the ground just a little mm -hmm. too much. It's one of those things where, you know, sometimes that stuff happens. And especially if your nerves get to you, you just lose track of where your foot is. I mean, you know, he would have definitely had the power in it if his foot just didn't go into the ground. So, mm -hmm. you know, again, like you said, I don't think the power is the issue. And I mean, you know, he only had three opportunities to kick a field goal of 50 plus yards last year. So it's not like we got a giant sample size. It's just weird how the narrative changes based off of what people want it to be. Yeah, it's very, like, it changes a lot throughout the it's season. Weird. Doesn't it? <laughs> it's so weird. It's like, Oh, like we were asking McLaughlin versus Blankenship. People are like Blankenship. He's got the powerful leg. And we're like, okay. And then people are like, does he have a noodle leg? I'm like, guys, be consistent at least. Yeah, right. That's all I ask. Like my goodness. So quick. I just don't understand. I mean, whatever suits people's narrative, I guess, whatever. Um, I mean, we, we know what the truth is and I think a lot of our listeners do. So it's not the yeah. leg. He has a power. He has a pretty powerful leg. It's just yeah. sometimes uh, when those, you know, when you're stressed a little bit and game pressure a little bit, there can be times when you kind of forget some fundamentals and maybe that's just yeah. what happened with him a couple times from 50 plus, but uh, right. let's move on now to the Colts punting, punting situation. They have a great punting situation as well. Um, another young guy, another ascending punter, I feel like, in a lot of ways. And that's Rigoberto Sanchez. And Rigoberto Sanchez is one of the best punters in the league that nobody's talking about, Derek. I mean, you you even talked about how he's had he had his best season this last year as a punter, despite mm -hmm. missing a couple games because you know of that cancerous tumor that, that was discovered. He came back and was even uh better, which was absolutely crazy to think about. But He's just such a good punter, and, you know, it's hard to follow up a guy that, you know, for as much as Pat McAfee's known for his ability to just be very charismatic, he was one, he was the best punter in football, I mean, for, for a long, long time. Mm -hmm. So that's no easy task to replace a player of his caliber, but I think he's done a great job of doing that ever since he came in after McAfee retired. Really, I think it was 2017, he came in when Ballard first took over as GM, and he hasn't looked back. He's been a absolute stud as a punter. What are your thoughts on Rigoberto Sanchez? Yeah, I mean, he's been outstanding, you know, putting a lot of great punts together. I mean, his uh, yards per punt was up in numbers this year. And, you know, the touchbacks and everything else that he had, phenomenal, phenomenal uh, punter, no question about it. I mean, this guy really is a warrior. I mean, even took a shot from one of the players I think it was in one of the Tennessee games and still was able to come back out and you know punt in the way that he does I mean just a phenomenal punter really good to have a consistent reliable punter at, that puts your punt team in a good situation to make a play and uh, leaves it out of the other guy's hand a lot more times than what they needed so really great to have him replacing Pat McAfee really hope he sticks around for a while 
Yeah, he he was absolutely great to have back again. And I mean, I thought that, you know, the guy they brought in did a pretty solid job there for a little bit. But obviously, it's not easy to replace, you know, one of the best punters in the league. So um, he's just a fantastic guy. I mean, I feel like you don't really worry about your kicker and your punter now if you're Indianapolis. I mean, we talked about Blankenship a little bit. But beyond that, both these guys are are really honestly studs at their positions at this point. And they're both really young guys. So you feel like you're pretty set at kicker and punter for a long, long time, which is always great, you know, especially with the inconsistencies now in the league. How many teams do you know that are cycling through kickers, are cycling through punters? And the Colts don't have that problem. It's, it's actually really, really an underrated thing that this team has done really well for a long time. They've had really good players on special teams. And speaking of that, they have some pretty good players as returners too. They have Naheem Hines, obviously, who is more your punt returner type of guy. He can kind of do it all there. And then you obviously have Isaiah Rogers, who who returns punts as well. He had that big return in that Cleveland game that kind of sparked the Colts. Obviously, Colts didn't pull it off, but he gave the Colts another chance, got him back in that game. But yeah, I mean, both these guys I think are really, really phenomenal at what they do. They both probably the fastest guys on the Colts. I mean, Naeem Hines was the fastest guy in that 2018 draft. Isaiah Rogers, we already know from last year what his 40 time was, and we're we're talking about maybe he needs some run at corner for how fast he is as a player. But strictly as a returner, I feel like both of these guys, the sky is the limit for them. They are very electric players when they get the ball in their hands. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The shiftiness of these guys, I mean, it's just unprecedented. I mean, Naheem Hines, you know, has the same speed as a Jonathan Taylor, but what Jonathan Taylor lacks in elusiveness, I mean, that's what Naheem Hines is. You know, I mean, just a lot smaller, you know, much more of a a, a more fine-tuned kind of player when – you know, you're trying to be elusive. I mean, this guy can make you miss in the open field. I mean, we've been saying it all for the last few years. Just get the ball in his hands. I mean, it's just incredible uh, what he can do with it after. And, you know, Isaiah Rogers only scratching the surface. I mean, we saw that return for uh, Cleveland, and he was third in, you know, total return yard average. I mean, this guy really definitely can pull off some really good returns if you get the ball in his hands too. So, you know, it's really nice to have a couple of, you know, really solid elusive guys that can run the returns for you. One guy runs a four, three, nine, the other one runs a four, two, eight. So, you know, mm. some really good stuff there. It, I feel like this is the first time you feel like excited when the ball gets punted to your team, right? The Colts for so many years had so many safe guys that you're like, Oh, they'll do an all decent job, but you never felt like they were a threat to take it every single time they touch the ball. And I feel like it's the first time the Colts now have two guys that you feel like like they could do that potentially every time the ball is in their hands. And both these guys have proven that they can do that, which I think is definitely a major, major asset, a major, major weapon Did, to your team. Didn't yeah. Justin Rogers used to return punts? Yeah, like, like you're like, <laughs> oh okay, he's God, solid. ever let that happen? He's solid, but he's never going to scare you. He's That's never just not the type of player. Speed and it, he, you know what? He didn't just—he didn't scare the opponents. He scared us. He scared us yeah. by being able to drop the football. That was the big <laughs> question. Was he going to drop it? I don't know. So, yeah. you know, I dropped the football in real life. I, I don't know, you know, how comfortable I was putting him at, you know, punt return. I mean, it was the same thing for for a lot of different guys. You know, not just for that. I mean, I I remember there was a Ohio State punter or punt returner by the name of Jalen Marshall. Um, I think he's actually, I think he might be in the league. 
still somewhere, I think with the Cowboys, but um, amazing speed, electrifying speed. Get this the ball in this guy's hands. Oh my gosh, he would make you miss so bad. It's actually embarrassing. But the only issue was he dropped the ball just as many times as he caught it on punt return. <laughs> and, oh my gosh. It's like if anybody was anywhere close to that ball when he went to go catch it, I was praying to God that he would not drop it. I was so – it was bad. So <laughs> I feel the same way when Chester Rogers used to do that for us. Well, yeah. it's it's interesting because, like, special teams matters. I mean, we've said this hundreds of times now on the podcast, but it does. I mean, it can be the difference. Right. It can be the difference between your, your team getting it or giving the ball away at, like, the five-yard line – or getting the ball at the opponent's five-yard line. Like, it yeah. can be, you know, it's like a, a double-edged sword a little bit. It could be really, really good. It could be really, really bad for your team. If you can have two guys that can be consistent in catching the ball and also have that threat to take it all the way, I mean, your team's going to be re in really, really good shape throughout the season. But, yep. all right, guys, that'll do it for our look at the Indianapolis Colts special teams. Only a couple guys to look at here, but we wanted to round it out by looking at that. Thank you guys so much for all your support of us. If you're still listening to this podcast, wherever you are, be sure to hit that like button, subscribe on YouTube. Be sure to leave us a five-star review if you'd like to on Apple Podcasts or whatever you do. Leave us a nice review. We'd love that. Thank you guys so much, as always. And as always, go Colts. Yeah.